Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 5, Episode 42, Best Podcast Yet. Taylor Marshall and I go through the boys' state finals, including a look at from the perspective of a coach as well as a broadcaster. Cue the Taylor Marshall drop. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right. The track season is is over. Mostly over. There'll be some national level meets. Colin Altavote. And I'm joined by my friend who can run 20 miles an hour, according to one of the sensors in his neighborhood. How did you do it, Taylor? Don't say uh, performance enhancing drugs. Practice, practice, Colin. You, you've been practicing running a lot. I mean, maybe not necessarily that fast. Are you sure that a kid didn't go by it? So let's set the stage here. You're out running. You see one yeah. of those neighborhood things that says how fast you're going. You pull a Michael Scott. Yep. Straight sprint by it. And it says 20, two zero. Two zero. Okay. Here's the thing, right? Sign says speed limit 20 inside a park. I see a car drive by. That gives me the idea from the office, right? That they do outside yep. of the office. Um, so wait till the coast is clear. Back up a little bit. Give myself a little running start, a little fly in, if you will, right? Just great form. Chin to pocket, right? Knees up, toes yeah, Bill up. Thomas Biltemeyer. Oh, man. Biltemeyer would have been proud of me, let me tell you. And I'm running hard. I'm looking over. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe I was faster than 20, and then it just doesn't go above that. I would imagine if it's speed limit 20, it probably goes above that to let you know to slow down. Are you sure wow. there wasn't like a kid on this bike zooming by? I was going to leave that part out. It sounds okay. way more impressive when you don't put the kid on his moped flying by those kids still have mopeds um i don't know i think uh i did see one of those like a lot like that lime scooter but you know it's like another brand of it whatever yeah yeah buy that yeah, don't, don't say the brand name in case they want to sponsor in case yeah, the well, other brand wants to sponsor yeah yeah well uh costco sells you know those and you could but that's anyway. a brand name too well uh anytime a big box store that sells items in bulk wants to help us out <laughs> you know you know how to contact your boy I've heard that I read this in a in a book I read recently. I read books sometimes, and uh, often at track meets, they say it, this book pointed this out, and I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." It said, uh, like in these midwestern states, that uh, Democrats go to Costco and Republicans go to Sam's Club. And I started right? thinking through the people I know that go to Costco versus Sam's Club, and I was like, "Yeah, huh? Checks out." What is that like? Freakonomics said that. Who? What book was this? uh it was a it was gone girl gone girl yeah it was a so it's fiction but i have read freakonomics too we talked about this after the meet yeah we did yeah we did we did it was a it was a more intellectual discussion for a while must have been must have started when you were in the bathroom or something you came back and jumped in the middle of it then ruined it yeah so all right any general takeaways let's start let's set the stage here uh five minutes of friendly banter we are uh we're gonna do the boys podcast first so we're recording that right now we're also a little peek behind the curtain we are uh gonna do the girls one tonight but we're gonna delay it 24 hours let the boys podcast breathe a little bit before we uh smash the girls one on top of it 
so the boys, any any general takeaways from the meet? General takeaways, I think we saw some uh, <clears throat> state meet records fall. Um, I was most looking forward to the 100-meter dash. This was not an example of a state meet record falling, but I was most looking forward to that event. Um, we had some boys coming in with seed times on the year that you know, I don't want to say rival Florida or Texas or California necessarily because, you know, those are warm weather states you can train all year. But this was the closest I think we've been to that and probably the most elite boys 100 meter dash field um, that we've seen in a while. So that was really exciting to see. The times weren't quite there in the finals as maybe I was hoping to see, you know, some, you know, 10 2 and change as an example. The top seed was 10 30 coming in, but. Um, nonetheless, that was an exciting one. Cody Johnston winning the pole vault by a considerable margin, waiting till all his competitors had finished. And then he goes in and uh, attempted a state meet record. He won the championship, but did not attain the state meet record. Um, and then we saw a big ask out of a few stars on teams in contention. We'll probably talk about that here in a bit, but how they handled the conditions, what types of events. Uh, make it more uh, attainable to do that on the day. So uh, overall, I thought it was a really good boys state meet. No one necessarily ran away from it, uh, which as a fan, that's fun to see that come down to the four by four and two teams still have a chance. And we also saw that Saturday night with our girls and we'll get to that in the next podcast. But um, I was, uh, I was excited to be back in Bloomington again and to have, uh, a fairly competitive meet across the board. Let me let me ask this. I don't think I've we've talked about this on the podcast, um, or else I, I probably remember. And forgive my ignorance on this. Distance times are down across the board, all over the country, all over the world. And there certainly is a part of that, a large part of it, which are these this new technology and the spikes, right? The carbon fiber plates, things like that. By by um, down, you mean they're faster. Down is in faster, yes. So uh, this year, but it was mainly the boys as opposed to across the board, the boys and the girls. Yeah. Sprint times are faster, but there's not some sort of technological thing. It's just, it's just a really good field, right? I think that's what it is because I talked to Dennis McNulty about this, the longtime coach, multiple state championship winning coach at Warren Central. Uh, on the broadcast Friday night for the boys. And I, I was thinking along the same lines because he brought up the shoe technology and the distance races, which we did get to talk about a little bit, but I noticed how much faster the uh, sprint times were and the 100, the 200 on the boys' side. And that was a question, right? What is it? Well, we're not aware of any new shoe technology as an example. And how much could that really benefit you in a 10-second race, right? Right. So I, I think you're speculation about the field and the depth of it i think that's the answer we might just really be here in indiana kind of a historic depth level of depth for our sprint boys um there's also been and we've i don't know how much you want to get into this but there's also been a heavy emphasis on almost pure anaerobic work across the board where um, where, you know, you, you could talk about the differences in training the 400 or the 800, for example, when it's sort of all about speed and max speed in some programs, um, that if they're doing just that, 
maybe their boys are better trained for the 60 or the 100 or the 200, but may not really be able to deliver in the 400 or even the 800 if you're trying to bump a kid up. Uh, but may, maybe, again, these we're just spitballing here, maybe that accounts for um, the improvements within those short sprint events. And we did see it was harder to make it in to the from the prelims to the finals. By the time we got to the finals, we just didn't see quite as many of the eye-popping times as we thought we might. Now, and we can speculate on that as well. Yeah. Um, but let's, you know, let's get into it. Let's go event by event and at least acknowledge the winner, the state champion in each event. So here we go. In the 100, a senior from your alma mater, Elijah Jackson, Lawrence Central, 1052. Here's what caught my eye about this event. In the top five, three of the first five finishers in the final were sophomores. What do you make of that? Yeah, three in the top five, and then another sophomore and DeAndre Cooper from yeah, Brown. So, so half of the top eight, which is incredible. That is incredible on the boys' side. That's an event where it's mostly seniors and juniors. So to get an underclassman in there, you know, or half the field underclassmen, that's that's really incredible. You know, that maybe and they're already running fast. Maybe maybe this will be the most exciting event again next year. Presumably, those guys get better. And come back and you know i i'm i'm thinking we might see 10 10 20s again next year as a as a possibility right i know i know it didn't come to fruition this time it was certainly in the cards right like a kid well, especially with three of those kids yeah they have two more years of high school left two, two more years and you get more weather like what we saw friday night or saturday night you know where the distance kids are like oh man the sprinters get up excited and pumped because 90 degrees with no wind sounds really good to me. It sounded good to you too. Cause you were in the press box. You had to put on a long sleeve. Got a little chilly up there. Sorry to everybody who was sweating out in the stands. I apologize. Boys 200. This was, the, he was the runner up in the 200 or in the 100, the 200, maybe a little more his specialty. And that was junior Dominic Calhoun from Brownsburg which also helped propel his team to the state championship. All juniors and seniors in that one, though. All juniors and seniors, like you said, Calhoun delivered at the right time. Two juniors from Brownsburg in the top five there. We'll talk about that later. 400 and a new state meet record. He had the overall state record from his uh, performance at the sectional. This was a state meet record by one hundredth of a second over the legendary David Neville, Olympic gold medalist, David Neville. And that was Nair Nuwash Campbell, a senior from Plainfield. Very strong year in the 400, Taylor. Five boys, five boys under 48 seconds and a sixth at 48 flat. Now, yeah. I'm old enough to remember a kid running somewhere along the lines of 48-2 or 48-3 winning the state meet because that yeah. was two years ago. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> those are all uh, four of the five are seniors, uh, four of the six, if you include 48 flat. Um, but, you know, those are some established names. Obviously, Nawash Campbell had a big day and a lot to do for his team, try to keep them in contention uh, throughout. And, uh, again, another state meet record that we thought would fall 
because of how well Nair had run earlier in the year. And uh, we got to see it live. And the other thing with the 400 and, you know, uh, Nair did not run, I think, as well as maybe he would have hoped or was pointing to in the 200. And the 400 took a lot out of him, but he had to do it because he only won by 24. He, he won by a quarter of a second, which is, you know, it's not nothing in the 400, but it's not like it was a blowout victory either. And so the field pushed him to that, which, you know, in, in turn kind of helped Brownsburg and helped Carmel because he, he was just too tired for the, for the 200 where maybe, you know, maybe in a fresh race, maybe in an all out race, maybe he is the best 200 runner in the state. Yeah. Big ask for him that day. 800. Oh From boy. North Central nasty Nate Killeen. 151.84. Uh, I don't know if I said the performances for the other people. I will do it from now on. Uh, wins that. Nate beat a field of 26 other runners, and he did it, Taylor, with a pretty big negative split, which is not sci scientifically is not the best way to run it. 56.8 for his first 400 and 55 flat for his second 400. Now, the first two years that he was in high school, you were his coach. So just Give, give us a glimpse into you. You know, you haven't been his coach for the last two years, but it's obviously someone that you have a good rapport with, a good relationship with. Uh, what are your emotions like as you're calling this for the IHSA, but also you have a connection to this athlete? Yeah. So while I am uh, trying to stay calm and voice, I am uh, pumping my fist in the press box, excited and cheering him on. Uh, and, uh, you know, Coach McNulty there is kind of, giving me a hard time laughing about it uh, off off camera or whatever. But uh, so proud, so excited and nasty, Nate. Uh, we talked going into the week, you know, just kind of a, hey, good luck, man. You know, I'll be there cheering for you. And he kind of laid out his strategy and uh, just said, hey, you got this, you know, get out there, get it done. And it was just really fun to see him take off on the backstretch. And he went. I mean, it, he it was all, it was do or die. And that's what he kind of had to do because – Martin Barco and he won the quote unquote slow heat. He ended up third overall, but he could have very well won from that heat and he laid it out there as well. So uh, I don't know, you know, at that point, Nate couldn't really do a lot of clock watching. You just kind of have to run hard, but you knew going into the race, what you needed to get. Uh, but I know this was a big one for him. He's going to IU uh, this coming fall. So that's uh, his home track now. And, I'm just really excited, really proud of all the hard work of those long red socks he likes to wear. It's, it's trademark, trademark nasty Nate. Caleb Winters, by the way, deserves a big shout out. I know he's not the winner. He's a he's a freshman, but he's not the winner yet. But he was from earlier. Yeah, we'll get to that so, in a little bit. Yeah, but you know his big split on the four by eight relay, and then to come back again and place runner up uh, in the open eight. I mean, he's a special, special talent, and it's going to be really fun to watch. The next three years you mentioned barco uh mateo mendez from columbus north and weston holland from crown point three medalists three of the nine and actually four of the top 10 were from that slow heat the first section and they're seated based on their times from the regional round when they when we saw barco come through 152 mid and then they went out in like 56 and and we're specifically watching kind of one kid 
um, in the fast heat who went yeah. out in 57 and the, the coaches I'm watching it with the guys that coach with me are looking around and we're like, Barco's got it. Barco's going to win. There's just no way, but that's, that's why we call him nasty Nate. He had, uh, he had a huge last 300 meters to take it by, by a little over a little less than a second over Barco. Speaking of Martin Barco, the 1600 marvelous Martin Barco, the fourth, 407 45 uh to beat uh closing Cameron Todd of Burbuff and old King Cole Matisson, who did take the lead uh but was overtaken in the last 200 or 150 meters. Barco closes in 57 2. Yeah. You know, I think I said this on the on the broadcast. It's uh Barco, uh Todd. It'll be fun to watch them again next year. We'll talk about Todd here in, in the next event uh, as well. But uh, you know, the lot going into the Barco versus Matisse and battle that we saw at the Miracle Mile and Barco getting the best of them at flashes and what that might mean for down the line. And, uh, you know, it, again, a lot of pressure on Martin Barco and he delivered on that day. And obviously Cole uh, had a lot for his team, but. Barton ha uh, Martin Barco had a little bit different because he's got to deliver against an all-time great and a lot of people who thought well maybe it was a fluke and um, that may have made him angry don't make him angry because he got it done Josh Horowitz and I are going to do it we did a distance specific preview uh, and the distance specific ones get all of the best numbers uh, so we are going to do a distance specific recap but just a couple of shout outs I wanted to give as I look through the results Ezra Burrell from Burbuff has had, in a lot of ways, has had a tough year. Yeah. Uh, he had, by his standards, his very high standards, I, I would imagine a, a tough and frustrating cross-country season. And I think at times has probably had a, a somewhat frustrating uh, track season. M my man finishes fifth and runs 4'11". He's going to Colorado State in the uh in the fall next school year and just what a great way to close out his high school career with the best time he's ever run in such a deep field and then uh after him jack weber and we've, we've talked about this and i think there was there was some sort of um media some sort of attention on this that, that jack was in i know andy's been on the podcast and talked about it you know jack was in a bike accident cross training uh in the fall and missed this missed the rest of the state tournament or all of the state tournament uh from cross country on a team that maybe with him could have made the state meet uh and you know we're fortunate that that he's able to come back and run and run so well and finish seventh and get a medal and his team got a medal in the four by eight but you know fortunate that he's he's even able to run and, and continue um after that after that accident so and and Josh and I'll go through all of the all-state distance runners in the in the distance specific podcast. 3200, Old King Cole, Cole Matisse from Carmel, shout out, 853, the second fastest uh 3200 in state meet history. And he was followed not too far behind by his teammate, shout out Tony Provenzano in 854. Any thoughts on the 3200? Well, I'm kind of looking. You know, I don't want to get too far ahead, but this was kind of a, an early 
showdown of what this fall might look like on the boys' side individually. Provenzano, Conway, Todd, you know, those guys up there uh, will compete for the individual title. And Todd um, did have another race on his legs. Yeah. So, I mean, again, on a day that it's really difficult, regardless of conditions, to complete a distance double, I believe for the second time, maybe Cameron Todd medaled in both the 16 and the 32. I believe he may have done that last year. I don't think he did last year. I'm not positive. Okay. I would have to double check, but I, I thought maybe he had done that before, but um, I believe he's at least attempted it. Uh, but I, I thought that, you know, again, really impressed with uh, your boys, uh, Matisse and Provenzano to. Oh, please. Our boys. Our boys. Well, but you know, I mean, coaches them directly. Direct, direct deposit. Speaking of direct, direct deposit day is coming up, sir. Coming up. So yeah, I want to make sure that 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 drops still. So of our boys, um, two three, a couple years ago, Carmel boys in the thirty two, one three last year in the thirty two, and now one two. So I don't know what your plan is for next year, Colin. But uh, can it get any better than this? One two three. Is that what you're going to say? No, I mean, mathematically, no. Uh, other than, well, the, I calculated it today. I was texting Andy about this. The, the 3200 standard is now going to drop to 912 uh, for next year. Um, we do want to keep it moving. And obviously, I have a lot of thoughts and emotions around this. But my plan was, I, I do know that there are, there are a lot of people that listen to this to just get a recap of what happened, but there are some people that listen to it coaching wise that don't mind us kind of bearing our thoughts and emotions and uh, even some training stuff. And and I, I don't want to just brush this aside. Like it's nothing. Our guys finished first and second in the state meet in the, the longest event, which, you know, by my calculations, it's the most meaningful since it's the longest. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely talk about that after, after the break. 110 meter hurdles, George Burren from Mount Vernon, a senior, 1433, and he just edges Tyler Tartar. We call him the sauce, the a sauce. junior from Fishers who ran 1437. This was one that had uh, some team title implications as well. And at the very end of this and at the beginning uh, after the break is that uh, we'll get in, into the, the team stuff. So just kind of mainly talk about the individuals at this point. Mount Vernon had a good season, though, speaking of teams. Very good season. Yeah, they should be really excited, really proud. I've mentioned that on the broadcast Friday night. And I think we've talked about this, that I think that that is an area. So Burren or Burhen uh, was first in the 110s and then third in the 300s, which we'll get to right now. Um, that, that That's just going to be a growing area. And I could see kind of what's happening now or or in the last five years or so on the west side with Avon uh, having a dominant team a few years ago, Brownsburg having, I don't, I don't know that I want to call them dominant, but they were definitely the best team this year. And, uh, and, and second, second, and then, and then first, and we'll, we'll see after your research, they look pretty good for next year as well, that maybe that next area of growth is that kind of Mount Vernon, Yorktown, Pendleton area that they could be primed for uh, a, a a resurgence in or or a surge in athletic potential uh 300s come back they mentioned this even at the meet brandon jones on the mic there parker doyle a senior from center grove heartbreak in the 110s comes back in the 300s 
37-78, pretty dominant win by him there. And then he also gave a leg on the 4x4. Four four. How they do on the 4x4, four four, we'll talk about it later. More team title implications here. You don't win with nickels and dimes. Usually. Usually. Yeah. Four by one. These were not nickels, nor were they dimes. Well, I suppose it was a dime considering it was 10 points. Uh, Brownsburg, 40-70 state meet record, overall state record. When you have three of the best sprinters in the state, what I found out is that maybe your four by one could be pretty good. Hey, guess what? Speaking of that, three of those four come back again next year, Colin. Yep. Are we going to see? Are we going to see a sub forty in Indiana in the four? No, no. Come on, has the high school team ever broken forty seconds? I don't know. Look it up. Uh, yes, actually, the answer is probably yes, but it's probably not from the United States. I could see a Jamaican high school team doing that at Penn or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Although, and as you're getting outside of the United States, then you the question is, what is high school necessarily? I mean. You, you could say, well, it's U20, U18, whatever, yeah. but then do they all attend the exact same high school where schooling laws are not the same across the board? Sure. Boys 4x4, four four, Center Grove with Parker Doyle, 316.41. Warren ran 316.89. This year, six teams, seven teams rather, broke 320 uh, as opposed to last year where one team broke 320. And I think Fisher's winning time would have finished sixth this year. So the four by four, I, I don't want to call it back. It's getting there. Better, much improved. But you should still buy Derek's book about the balanced approach to training the 400. It did come down to the four by four. That was exciting. Yeah. Could have been more exciting if you ask me. Or if you ask my direct deposit. <laughs> Boys, four by. Also exciting, could have been more exciting. Uh, Bloomington North with the new state meet record. I believe this is the number two performance all time. 737-24, Zionsville 737-84, and then Carmel also broke 740. Now this is a new record time for first place at the state meet, second place at the state meet, third place at the state meet. I believe it's a new record time for fourth as well. Now, you know, Colin, you and I are best friends. Right. Yes. And I'm always cheering for you and cheering for the boys and cheering for the direct deposit. But if there's one other team, Colin, that I hold near and dear to my heart, it's the Cougars. I love Cougars. I know. I want to give a special shout out not only did the Cougars win and set a brand new state meet record, uh, but I want to say a very big thank you to the Winders family and the Mitchell family and the entire Bloomington High School North parents uh who sent me a very nice shirt that i got to wear to the boys meet friday night my iheart cougars shirt and take some pictures with that and uh they had a great meet colin all around the entire bloomington north team so uh, i noticed i, I noticed the, yeah yeah i know that wasn't the result that you wanted to see it was not it was not i and we again i i do i do want to you know for both of you that tune into this to actually want to hear what the carmel coach has to say um, I do want to get into that later. I'll, I'll just say this about the four by eight. Uh, obviously we, we, we were all in, we wanted, we wanted to win that. We ran our two, two stars on that. Um, our 3,200 guy was our fifth best guy anyway. So it's not like holding him out would have made a difference, uh, on that. 
I just, I just kind of thought our guy runs 150 on the anchor. And I just kind of thought the other anchors would be like civilized human beings and run a good time, like 152 or 153 or 154, which is a great 800 meter split. And I, I just thought that was the agreement. And I guess I, I, I guess I, I thought this was America. I guess I was wrong. I thought this was America, but they weren't human beings, Colin. They were cougars. And Dude. that is where you mistook them. I think this is the time to talk about it. I, I don't know that we'll get into it because the break is going to be more kind of reflections on the season and coaching corner and uh, things like that. This Winders kid is sick, man. Yeah. This Winders kid is nuts. Yeah. And I had said to somebody like after the state meet, um, if we're talking and I'm sure I, I don't want to say talented and then kind of disparage because I'm sure he, is obviously very focused and mentally tough and works hard. But if we're talking like straight up genetic talent, like he's got to be on par with the best distance runners we've ever seen. Like he's got to be on foot some level or, or even higher. Cause this, this guy went 150.1 or 150.2 on the anchor. And was passed by oh, to, to be fair Colin he had, he had a running start <laughs> so. uh I wanted to win that race so badly I know that's I I know it's not like network news but well yeah Cougars man gotta watch out for them watch out for those Cougars they can just wreck your life <laughs> while Colin recovers from that Bodie Gilkerson won the Boys high jump, the senior from Plainfield jumps. How high, how high did he jump? He jumped seven feet, Colin. How about that? Did you know I'm almost seven feet tall? I if you can round from five ten all the way up to seven feet, then we should probably talk about math here a little bit because I, I don't think that's how that works. All right, whatever you say. There were 30 competitors in the high jump. Uh Pole vault. Speaking of repeat champions, Cody Johnston, a senior from Hobart, he comes in at uh, 16 feet when everybody else is out. Uh, clear 16 feet, 16 six, 16 or 17 even, and then he gets an attempt uh, up or three attempts up at 17 six and a half, uh, but was unable to clear that. So Cody Johnston, two-time state champion in the pole vault, wasn't his brother a state champion one year too? I believe we so. had a run of Johnston's here. Yes. And McNulty. Is it like a post COVID sweep with the, that family? Um, I think they're two years apart, right? Brothers. Yeah. The older brother did win here recently. So post COVID. Yes. That's, that should be right. Well, we've, we've been looking at post COVID numbers on stuff. That's, it's very interesting. Uh, are, aren't they? Long jump Angola senior Alex Meyer, 24 feet. Two inches. He was the only one to eclipse 24 feet. Brownsburg got two more points from there. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. This was a bit of a surprise. No offense to Meyer, but, you know, Angola is way up there, Colin. And this wasn't somebody who was necessarily on the radar to win coming in. But that's why you have the meet. That is precisely why we have the meet. Yeah, we're not going to do it virtually. You got to show up and do it there. 
just like our guy did. Uh, shot put, not a surprise. Luke Himes, Heritage Christian Jr., 65 feet, one and a half of an inch. And he out threw his rival, Colin Wilson of Hamilton Heights, who threw 62 feet, six and three quarters of an inch. Not a surprise. And this one, Luke Himes uh, was, again, generational-like talent. We've seen that a lot here in the shot recently with Tucker Smith and now Luke Himes coming in. So, um, you know, he was certainly the best all year and got it done uh, on uh, Friday afternoon. In the disc, this was the top seed coming in. We hadn't talked about him or heard much about him uh, prior to the regional round, but he got it done 187 feet and eight inches from Seamus Malaski, a junior from Crown Point. Four of the top five in the disc are non-seniors, so they'll be coming back next year. Yeah, more excitement right there, including sophomore Damian Shanklin uh, from Warren, uh, 174 feet for a sophomore column. That's pretty Pretty far. It's pretty good. I'm looking at uh, the, the results throw by throw here. Damian throws 174-3 on the first attempt, then must really be letting it rip. Three fouls in a row and then 149 at the end. But guess what? It's not the average. It's the best one. And he knew once he got a hold of one, might as well just swing for the fences because I've already got a good one here. Absolutely. Smart Can't fault that strategy. No. All right, uh, team scores. You want to read that, then we'll go to the break. Team scores, your uh, overall champion here, Brownsburg. They scored 55 points. We'll get into that some more after the break. Carmel, your runner-up with 50 points. Shout out. Plainfield, 48 for third. Fishers, fourth place with 31 points. They tied Bloomington North, by the way. Fishers and Bloomington North tied for 31. Um, and those are your top five teams right there. You're a big Bloomington North guy, aren't you? I heart Cougars, man. <laughs> what's her yeah, what's her mascot again? They're uh they're actually Cougars. I don't know if you're aware of that, if you've ever heard of a Cougar before, you know who that might be, because they uh that's their mascot, a Cougar. I got you know what? If I'll I'll teach you about it later. I got a shirt and stuff, I'll tell you. I've got yeah, I've got two kids. I don't I don't even know a thing about that. I got that's your excuse for everything. I got Colin, I got two kids, all to vote. Yeah, uh, don't ask me to do anything. I got two kids. Uh, kid, kid raises his hand in your class to ask a question. You go, I, I'd ask <laughs> when are you, you going to grade those tests from March? Listen, right. I got two kids. What do you, what do you want from me? Yeah. All right, uh, we this is, we were anticipating the best podcast yet, and I got news for you. And my expert opinion, we're on pace for that, and we'll get back on it after the break. Three Rivers Running Company is proud to bring you the Appleseeds Youth Running Program. Our summer running program is a welcoming environment for kids going into kindergarten through eighth grade to engage in the sport of running. Join us this summer at Shove Park on Monday and Wednesday evenings. Our practices are a mix of education, running, and games. Head over to runsignup.com to sign up today. Reach out to Lynn at threeriversrunning.com with any questions. That's L-Y-N-N at the number three riversrunning.com
And we're back. Okay. So Brownsburg won. Shout out. Good job. They were runner up two years in a row and uh, were able to break through to uh, claim the championship this year. You know, it was only a matter of time. And I was kind of hoping that I could come on after Brownsburg finished second again to Carmel, not again to Carmel, although Brownsburg was second to Carmel in 2021. Yeah. Um and I could say it's only a matter of time before Brownsburg eventually wins with everything they have coming back and their distance runners that they've got a lot of good distance runners. You know, they only scored two points in distance, but they've got a lot of them coming back. They had a returner qualify, but not score in the 16 A returner qualify, but not score in the 3,200. But I guess I can't say that anymore um, because it is only a matter of time. And the time was, you know, 72 hours ago in Bloomington. So how did they do it? Here's how Brownsburg did it. It really did come down to three teams, Brownsburg, Carmel, and Plainfield. How did Brownsburg do it? If they did it, right? You, OJ Simpson. Uh, second and eighth in the 100, second and fifth in the 200, eighth in the 110s, eighth in the 300s, first in the four by one, seventh in the four by four, eighth in the four by eight, eighth in the vault, eighth in the long jump fourth and ninth in the shot. So we've always said you do it with stars. You don't necessarily do it with depth and you really got to be a star to score anyways. Right. Right. The, the kid that finished ninth in the shot. Well, you only gave us one point. That kid's the ninth best shot putter in the state. He's a star. Yeah. Well, and you look here in the short sprints where you go second and eighth, but second and fifth in the 200, Right. The four by one, those are big points. And those are the same kind of guys right there coming back, like, you know, a couple of them. Um, so, yeah, you have to have big time points to get it done. But they were able to add on some of those nickel and dimes. But you can't you can't rely on the depth right. of having, you know, seven through nine in 12 events and then be. Could you be the best team? You could maybe make an argument in that respect, but that's not going to be a state championship group. right and there. We'll and we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. But you know, Brownsburg beats Carmel by 5. Just 8th is only 2 points and ninth is only 1. Let's count these up. 8th in the 100, 8th in the 110s, 8th in the 300. 8th in the 4 by 8, 8th in the pole vault, 8th in the long jump. That is six separate 8th place finishes. If they're 10th instead of 8th, in half of those, that's six fewer points. Yeah. Which, you know, I kind of wish would have happened. Carmel, 50. I do remember saying on a podcast, I feel like we're getting to 50. Yeah. And I, I don't know that that had any influence over actually getting to 50. Now I kind of wish I would have said, I think we're getting to 56. Get on my... Get on my Marty McFly, although I am not Marty McFly. I am Doc Brown. Uh, how did Carmel do it? Sixth in the 800. If we say sixth, that is sixth place, not six points. Sixth in the 800. Third in the 1600. First and second in the 3200. Fifth in the 110s. Fifth in the 4x4. Four four, third in the 4x8. Sixth in the disc. So this is a more concentrated team with more up top. And maybe this is just somebody, you know, a coach making himself feel better after the fact third in the 1600. I remember texting one of our guys that had run for us graduate 2014 
right? So this is now he's he's been out of high school for nine years. He's a full fledged adult. And I told him about what we had, and I was like, yeah, our four by eight, we ran this. Our guy ran four oh nine and got third in the sixteen hundred. He was like four oh nine finishes third in the sixteen hundred. He just ignored the the four by eight. He that that blew his mind enough. But yeah, it's it's all it was a hard year in the four by eight. Now, to be fair, it was a hard year in the open hundred, which Brownsburg had missed. Right. So it kind of cancels out. Carmel more concentrated with points at the top, but also very distance heavy, where Brownsburg was a little bit more spread out. Obviously sprint heavy, but picked up more points, a couple a couple bonus points in the four by eight, points in the field. You know, that kind of helped him out. How did Plainfield do it? And Plainfield was right there. There was a point as as we're getting into the last three events, 230, 200, four by four. And we've talked about this in the podcast. We could see this coming from a mile away, 1600 meters away, sorry. And like all of these teams have this at the end of the meet. Brown, Plainfield's got the 200. Brownsburg seated one, two and the 200. Carmel seated two, three and the 3,200. We knew that it would come down potentially to those last few meets, those last few events of the meet. Plainfield, fourth and eighth in the 200. Now, that's what hurt him because while they were fourth and eight, fourth and eighth, they could have been first and fourth. They could have been first and second. They got outperformed in the 200 because it's not just the 200, it's the 200 in the context of the whole meet. Right. Uh, first, so fourth and eighth in the 200, first in the 400, fourth in the four by one without new, uh, new wash Campbell third in the four by four, first in the high jump third in the disc. So even more top heavy than Carmel. More top heavy, but fewer events represented and that, that hurts ultimately in the end. It is stars. So I broke it down another way. Three Brownsburg stars, all sprinters. Calhoun, Cooper, Handy. Now, the way to actually tally it up is to take relay points and divide it by four, right? Technically. That's the that's the standard way to do it. If you're going to say this kid scored this many points across four state meets or whatever. But really, I would say with these stars, I'm just going to give is we're aggregating it, I'm going to give them all the relay points as well. Because if you take Calhoun, Cooper, and Handy off the four by one, they don't score two and a half points. They score nothing. Right. And if you take, uh, I think Cooper was the one that, one of these guys that ran on the four by four. You take Cooper off the four by four, they're not scoring. They scored three. They're scoring nothing. Right. Right. So I, I think that's, would you say that's fair to say? Just the value over replacement. We'll just give them all of the points when it encompasses two or three kids. Yeah, I agree. If they were on the relay, we're just going to give them the points. This is what their actual value is. Three Brownsburg stars, Calhoun, Cooper, Handy, scored 38 points in the 100, 200, 4x1, four and 4x4. Four four. 38 of their 55. Yeah. That, again... That, that means 17 other points, though, from other guys that weren't those three. That's a pretty complete team. Right. Star power getting it done. We talked about that coming in. I mean, that's you got to have the big points, and they had them where you wanted them on that day too. Three Carmel stars: Cole, Tony, and Charlie. Should I do last name? I don't know. I know by their first name. Should I do last names? Uh, Matisson, Provenzano, and Ledkey. There you go. Thirty-six points in the eight hundred, sixteen hundred, thirty-two hundred, and four by eight. 
I haven't checked. I'd imagine that's a record. For distance only? Yeah, for those four events. Yeah. Well, you can only do slightly better. Well, not slightly better. I mean, you could do a lot. You could. Theoretically, you could do a lot better because it's you could get 18 could, yeah. in the yeah, yeah. 800, 1600, and 3200. But how many schools would have the kind of depth to be able to do that, even historically? I'm pretty sure it's a record. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I'm ever gonna sit down and look through it, but I'm uh two playing field stars, Nair Nuwash Campbell, and I, I think it's Troy Larison. Yes. It's not Tony Larison, right? It's Troy. No, it's Troy. Yeah. 31 points, just two dudes, 31 points, 200, 400, four by one, four by four. Just Larison ran on the four by one. I'm I'm gonna make the assumption that if you pull him off, they don't score. That may not be the case. There's no way to calculate that. At least on the four by four, the four by eight, you can say, well, we take this guy off, we put this guy on, here's what they'd get. Four by one, the splits are, there's, it's pretty tough to yeah. calculate that. So you know, I, I would, I would say Bodie Gilkerson, Bodie Gilkerson is also a star for playing field. However, he's limited to just the one. Right. Event. That's, that's he true. And, about 10. and I thought that too with um, Tony only ran in one event. But because there's, he's a specialist. He just says the high. Because I thought about adding him in. Is he on the, is he on the four by one? Is he in? Uh, did he score on something else? But he, but he didn't. So right, those three would have been forty one of forty eight points. And the the thing about Plainfield is, their the hurdler was not available. Right. If he is, they probably win. That changes everything because not only will he could he do both hurdle events, but he he would be on the relay. Right, he'd be on both of the relays that yeah. could have helped him out. But Carmel could say that too. Brownsburg could say that too. Well, we had availability issues too. Right. This kid yeah. may have finished higher up in this event if he'd been more available, whatever. I mean, that is that's athletics. That's sports. Look at that's sports across the board. Right. Did the right team win? Are not, you not, not emotional, not emotionally. Sorry. We're not going to yank your direct deposit this week. Okay. All right. I, that was my question here. I, I got a mortgage here still Colin. Uh, did the right, right team win? I think the answer is yes. Brownsburg had, the I think depth. they had, the, they had the best team. They had the best team. They had the, they had the star power. They were the favorites coming in. They were very strong all season. Like you said, there were a couple other teams, even center Grove with some availability issues. We were really high on center Grove earlier in the year. And then, you know, again, because of the nature of sports that some things came up and they, they weren't as competitive in the team race here this past weekend. But and that was uh, those were some, best team. We don't want to pile on, you know, high school sports, high school kid. Those were some real availability issues, not just limited to one person. And not just limited to one event. I mean, that was really across the board. Right. Otherwise, maybe we're talking about them walking away with the trophy, but. Yes, the best team, the right team, they got it done. My head says that. My heart, that's a different story, but it, you know. Dystat, Dystat does a uh, a simulated tournament of dual meets of state championship teams, and Carmel won it two years ago, and they just score it the way you'd score a dual meet, right? And with without thought as to, wait a minute, the kid can't run the eight, the 16 and the 3,200, whatever. And just the events that are contested in your tournament. I think Brownsburg's got a pretty good chance to win that because even in the events that they didn't score, right. They didn't score any points in the 1600. Well, 
they did have a kid that ran 414 and they did have a, a kid that ran 922 or 924. They're going to be pretty competitive in that. And then their sprints are where their sprints may get knocked back points in these hypothetical dual meets against the state championship team from Georgia, Texas, or Florida, they're probably going to have the distance performances to overcome that. Yeah. Good balance right there. That comes out later this month, right? Yeah. I can't remember when they, when they did it. I, I think it, I think it's sometime like, like mid to late June. Cool. Cause I, I think all the state meets are done by now. So a lot of States go, I know like, a lot of states are earlier than ours in track, whereas they're later than ours in cross country for weather reasons. Yeah. Maybe we should have had ours earlier for weather reasons. Uh, general thoughts. This is, you've done this. Did you do it last? Did you do the boys meet last year? I did not do the boys meet last year. Okay. So this is the second time you've done three meets now announcing any kind of just general thoughts as the as the broadcasters you're calling this for yeah we we spared we spared no time we were up there and uh our guy heath was like yeah i'll call for some station breaks when there's a when there's a break in the action but i know you guys like to talk a lot and yeah. i think i think he when you and i did the girls meet i think he called for two and one of them was like one of us had to go to the bathroom and i was like this is a good time for us, a break yeah General thoughts on the boys meet, you know, it's pretty much everything that you kind of want to see, right? It was pretty competitive throughout Zionsville, a team that we really talk much about. They were sort of a fringe contender going in, got off to a great lead with uh, in the point race with the strong four by eight finish and discus coming in. And we started thinking, okay, well, maybe Zionsville uh, is really going to get in there and uh, challenge one of the three main contenders on the day back and forth. Uh, Carmel relying heavily on some distance events and then thinking, well, could they win the four by eight or do they need to win the 16 also, uh, but still stayed competitive Brownsburg with a big finish in the 200 late to kind of propel them back. And then coming down to the four by four with the two teams, Brownsburg and Carmel who go one, two and the team race, uh, both in the fastest heat on the day. And uh, they, the outcome of that event, determine the the overall finish so uh, we saw some state meet records fall uh, I think overall it was pretty much everything that you would want out of a state meet in terms of a fan or spectator to watch uh, you know, whether you were there in person or you're watching the live stream do you have a most memorable event not just the I mean it came down to the four by four but it didn't really right I mean it's like this team needs to clear I don't want to say it's a low bar. They needed to score points, which are not easy to come by. But like what would have needed to happen for the meet to flip going into the four by four is was pretty far fetched. Yeah. Although, you know, for for a brief 90 seconds, it looked like that could happen. Yeah. But is there a most memorable like single event? It'd probably be something on the track as the broadcaster. Yeah, on the track, it's certainly, you know, easier to see, although we had a great vantage point of uh, Cody Johnston uh, attempting the state meet record there. Um, you know, a, a couple things stand out, I guess, the uh, Parker Doyle situation where his his 110s didn't go where he wanted uh, and then was able to regroup, refocus and come out and and win the 300 hurdles. I know we talked about that earlier and it was mentioned uh, live from Brandon Jones there in the stadium 
I thought that was uh, really impressive uh, for that young man. Uh, and then I, you know, I hesitate to pick a distance event because hey, you feel know, free. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the 800 the right would, one. Yeah. The 800 had every, well, I, I know, but you want me to say, but the 800 had everything you really want in that the, uh, an elite distance runner in the first heat sets a really fast pace and puts himself in the conversation to win. He ends up being third, uh, a freshman in Caleb Winders, um, as we talked about earlier, a very special talent that we'll watch for three more years here. Uh, was the runner up 150 point something low, right? Uh, 150.1, I think is what he said on his anchor leg of the four by eight, came back at 152 mid or high in the, uh, in the open. And then, you know, nasty Nate Colleen guy who I'm a big fan of, obviously uh, got a, an individual state title in the open eight. And just not, not just that he won, but how he did it, it was really gutsy when he just absolutely hammered it with about 250, 275 to go and never let up until he crossed the line and, and it was enough for him. So I think in terms of being on the track, that was the probably one of the more exciting events uh, to watch. What a meet. What a meet. And of course, I, then I, I'm on the other side of that, right? As I yeah. broadcast the girls the next day, but as the coach, it was, there were a lot of twists and turns. It, you could kind of tell as the coach, and if you've got any, you know, anything you want to know in particular, or you think people might want to know in particular, feel free to ask that like, we kind of knew we were behind. And then in the four by eight, I think our seed was fourth. And we, so we finished third. Yeah. So we're improving on that. But like, I think Jason asked me, like the race is going on and we're kind of just standing there watching it. It starts to separate the four by eight. The crazy thing is one lap into it. There were four main contenders and those one lap into it. Those four are the first four on the first lap, which seems like it would never happen. And Jason at one point was like, well, where's Brownsburg? And I'm like, I don't, what? I don't have that capacity to find out where Brownsburg is, but you know, we, we improved by one place, but our guys obviously really wanted to win that event which is yeah. why you take this all-time great kid and put him in that and mortgage his chances later on in the meet. Um, we make up one point, but then Brownsburg actually goes from 10th to 8th, so they make up two points that we were kind of behind the whole time. And then Cole finishes third in the 1600, theoretically losing a point on this mock meet. But at that point, Ken was kind of like, ah, that actually, that helped us out a lot. We're, we're in it knowing, okay, if we can go and put two guys in the top three in the 3,200, we could be right there. But Brownsburg did, did enough, especially when they, once they went one and five in the 200, that made it a lot, a lot more challenging. Virtually canceling out the one, two finish close mm -hmm. enough for Carmel in the 32. Yeah. At one point, you know, I think you and I are kind of texting and I'm thinking, oh man, you know, this, this looks like it might be slipping away from Carmel a little bit here, but then the latter half of the meet a charge back and then the four by four did matter i think i had aired on the broadcast when i thought okay brownsburg has it wrapped up going into the four by four right yeah i actually watched the 3200 yesterday about the broadcast yeah the broadcast and i watched it yesterday and you're like yeah they've got it they've got 11 and then at some point you like walked it back and were like which is that's pretty typical right especially for something that 
there's no scoreboard. There's no, I mean, you could follow it. Thank God you can follow it. Unlike cross country, which is like, Hey, we'll send the carrier pigeons to your schools by next week. And we'll let you know who won. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're trying to do a little mental math. There's you're going and you're watching the screen and then you're going down to the awards that are taking place. And so you're trying right, to kind right. of figure out, okay, who's still in it and, and what that means. And I, it looked well, like and you're you're also <laughs> balancing. You know, I'm stepping on your toes here because you broadcasted the event and I was the coach. But like you and I on the podcast, or even on the broadcast, are great friends and have a certain rapport that's built up. Whereas most of the time, whoever gets thrown together on the broadcast, they're professionals, but they don't necessarily have that, which adds to the to the difficulty of it. Whereas you and I can just write out a couple of pages of notes, turn the mics on and, and, you know, have that and make cougar jokes or whatever. Yeah. That's what the people love. Uh, you want to look ahead to next year? My most memorable event. Okay. What was your most memorable event then? 3,200. I could have guessed that. I'm sure everybody at home could have guessed that. 3,200. 3,200. Shout out to uh, Cole and Tony. They're, I thought I thought Tony. I'll say this. I said this to you. I thought Tony. <clears throat> excuse me. I thought Tony was going to take it with uh, about three hundred to go. He had moved ahead of Matisse and, and Cole had had a big day. And I thought maybe Tony was going to kind of hold him off a little bit. And Cole Cole pulled the big brother card of like, Nah, man. I I know you got another year here, but like you're not you're not beating me, right? You you know, I your sister. Your, your sister's older than you, right? No, I'm the older one. You're the older one? Okay, yeah. so, so then you can relate to this, but you would not let your sister beat you and things. Like, I would let my younger when, brother. When you say my sister, you mean my actual sister, not Audrey Ricketts. I mean, this. yes, exactly. Not. Yeah. Yes, my actual sister is 16 months younger than me. Yeah, so you, you wouldn't let her beat you in anything growing up, just like I would never let my brother beat me. Right. And so Cole, Cole is probably Tony's older brother in this scenario and has yes. – uh, mentored him throughout the year and cole actually is the older brother in his family yeah there's four so he, he's the second of four kids but there's three boys and he's the oldest and tony is the third kid in his the youngest kid in his family right so this, this analogy really hits home yeah so he, he, hey lightning mcqueen it's not your day today like it's going to be mine instead and you, you know, next year you can get out there but uh yeah he pulled he pulled the big brother card and at 200 to go he took off again yeah, just just one more from a coaching perspective. And I I actually didn't text you this, but then we spent all of Saturday together, right? I mean, we drove down to the meet together, went to the meet, called the whole thing for six hours. Um, and then we went to dinner and then we drove back. Like after it was so it was so hot. It was so hot. Yeah. Out there. Not in the press box where they kept it a cool 62 degrees, but like chilly by the 800 in the press box there and i think i was like i you know was texting you about this yesterday and we obviously talked about it saturday because we spent all day together like after the four by eight and you run hard on the four by eight and he went out a little too fast because we were just a second behind or a second and a half behind and and maybe paid for that in the last 100 meters or so and then, of course, went up against a bunch of just total savages that also went 150. Like, come on, guys, have some class. Uh, <laughs> and it's 90 degrees. And I just thought to myself, 
I think everyone's like this. This is a shout out to Whitney Bevins. She talks about the importance of like mental health, not just for the kids, but the coaches. And you put all that pressure on yourself too. And I'm thinking like, what, what if I suggested, and, and you had told me, tried to calm me down after the fact, which didn't matter because everything went okay. i being like, we didn't have, we didn't have a choice. Like we were trying to win the whole thing. Cole wants to win the whole thing. Yeah. Cole wants to win the four by eight. Like you don't have a choice. You, you, you got to do this. So you're, and, you're talking about this. You, I, you thought, well, maybe Matisse should have just done the 16 and the 32 and not the relay as well. But what I was worried about was how hot it was. Right. Right. And trying to, to recover in between when it is 92 degrees outside or whatever it got to yeah. on, on Friday afternoon. And, you know, we're getting ready. There's two hours before the 1600 he's recovering. He's got his ice towels and ice shirts and whatever else on. But I'm just thinking to myself, like, dude, what if, what if you ruin, like, what if he comes back and, and it's just like done. What if what going out in 52 flat and running 150 and then we don't we don't win the four by eight and then he doesn't win the events that he won last year at the state meet and maybe he doesn't even hardly score at all. You know, he can't even run the 3200 and like this is your fault. You ruined it. Like I'm like internally like I didn't I, you were on the broadcast. I didn't text you. I think I sent one thing to Ken or said one thing to Ken, our head track coach. And I probably, you know, mentioned a hundred things to Nate, our our other distance coach at the meet. But man, like I was freaking out. And like we were trying to score as many points as possible. And it just happened that like 739 wasn't worth 10 when historically, obviously it should be. Yeah. Uh and 409 should be right there, but he's Cole is running into Barco, who is probably another all-time great guy. And Cameron Todd had an incredible double. I don't know if he's an all-time great, but he's not that far off of it. And he has a senior year to kind of uh establish himself in, in that range. And he's he's broken nine minutes and he's run under 410. So he's he's getting right there. Um Cole. Cole sacrificed so much potentially to go after it and didn't have to. Right. I mean, he, he could have told me, he could have told Ken, like, no, these are my events. I want to run my events. It's my senior year. I want to win these two. I want to go all in to win these two events. And that was never, he, he very specifically had said to me, like, as we were thinking about the events he was going to do in the tournament, well, Yes, I think I could, maybe I could do the 1600 and the 800, but if I did that, it would probably be smarter to drop the four by eight. And I, we don't want to drop the four by eight. We, we want to go for it. Yeah. And he just, he gave up so much as an individual. He sacrificed so much to go for it in the team race. I mean, and that's what, that's what the team needed. I mean, Carmel would not have been in the conversation to win had he not run those three events because the right. four by eight then slides further back, probably scores, but doesn't score big. And then, you know, you're, you're out of the, out of the team race early on. And, you know, 
Well, guys, and in, in yeah. hindsight too, it's like, okay, let's say we don't run Cole or Charlie. So yeah. we run two 157s. We'll say that puts us five seconds under eight minutes. And then we did have two other guys. We had 10 guys break two minutes this year. So we could run two other guys and let's say they each run 159 and we finish eighth. We finish seventh. Yeah, seventh. There you go. So we score three points. So we lose four points there. Could Cole and Charlie have made that up by running fresh in the 1600 and the 800? Maybe, but you don't know that going in. Right. And I would have projected that 753 wouldn't have finished seventh, which is what we ran last year to finish eighth. I would have projected it would have finished 12th, honestly. And it, it didn't, you don't know that going in. You well, that's, just that's the, for it. that's a difficulty with coaching and particularly in track and field where there are these options to weigh and different events to choose and what's the best path, right? So the explanation to the kid or the parent or anybody else is that like, Hey, given the information that I had, this was the, this was the best plan. Like this, this is what I felt like was best. And we, if I had known, if I knew now what I knew that, you know, right, like, right, you, right. If I could go back, if I could Marty McFly it, like, what would I do differently? I, I don't know. I guess looking at the way that the four by eight went, yeah, maybe I would have put Cole third and run Charlie fourth and maybe Charlie runs a little faster and Cole can, I, I don't know, but. Well, maybe, but you also will remind me all the time that you can't play defense out there. Right. So all you can do is have your kids as prepared as possible and, you know, build a relationship with them. So they understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. And when it goes well, then you're pumped and excited for the kids and they're, they're happy. And when it doesn't there, that relationship exists where you're like, guys, I, I love you, but this, this is what I felt like was best. And, you know, given what we knew then, and, and if we could make changes, we would, but also other teams would do the same. So what do you, what do you want? You know, this is part of sports and part of life. So, right. Uh, and I, yeah. and I would say too, we got six minutes. We do want to get on to next year. Like I, I am in a great position with that. And I've been the coach here and, and made the decisions for the distance runners for over 10 years now that like, there is no second guessing. And I can say like, okay, here's from my experience. Here's what I think. Here's what I know. Here's what I project. What do you guys think? And then we do it. And, and all of our guys were, were pretty happy. I mean, in the four by eight, we, yeah, we didn't win. I wish we would have won. I wanted, I wanted so, I wanted so badly to win that race so badly. Yeah. Um, which is again, not network news, but like all four of our guys had their best splits ever. What do you so do? What, did, what, did, what hey, more can guys, you ask we, for? Yeah. We were third in the top two teams broke state meet record. And we, you know, we placed. There's you know. been the four bites since 1998. So we're talking 25 years of four bites. We'd have won like 22 of the 25 years. And they ran their best time when it mattered most. Like, and one of them had a freshman run one fifty point two. Yeah. Hey, Cougars, man, they're always on the prowl. Cougars, they, they. I told you they'll wreck your life, man. Watch out for Cougars. Not me. Well, except the Friday, apparently. Well, they didn't wreck. They didn't wreck my life. I got a good life. I got a good life. You got a good life here. I love. I love my guys. Year. I love my little dudes. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. Four minutes here. Four thirty. Um, way too early list of contenders here are my top three going into 2024 on the boys side right um let's start shout from- out to garen garen scoring the four by just 
One quick shout out. Go ahead. Sorry. And Jack Weber, who scored in the 1600. Um, starting with third, there's a tie. I know I said I was going to do three, but the tie. I think. I love it when you set the rules and then break them. What's better than that? What's you know, the guys bro? being dudes. Just guys being bros. Uh, Zionsville and Bloomington South, right? I kind of looked through the some of the results. Two teams returning a lot. Uh throughout and I think I think they could get into some big points there so keep an eye on uh the Cougars rival Crosstown and Zionsville as well second going in Fishers Fishers with uh some distant stars coming back and Quagliaroli and Kim and both uh, both doubled incredibly well yeah in the conditions on Friday those are two stars yeah, two stars. They and transcend the conditions. The big star for the Tigers, Tyler Tarter. We call him the sauce. The sauce. Uh, he returns for his senior year and could look at scoring 20 points in the hurdles. Fishers always has a great four by four and will have a great four by eight. So watch out for the Tigers. And then I do think the top team coming in and primed to repeat the Brownsburg Bulldogs Brownsburg brings back a ton of, of sprint points, three out of four and the four by one that just posted a state meet record. Uh, they, they are going to be very, very tough uh, this upcoming uh, season here next year. So I think Brownsburg Fishers and then Zionsville and Bloomington South, although things get a little bit wider uh, when you get down to third, but I think Brownsburg and Fishers are your, your top two teams going into 2024. And Carmel, you yeah. know, and Carmel, Carmel will be there with the with the size and depth and the distance prowess. Like, you know, don't don't count the hounds out. So let us check out the results of the Minnesota State meet and see what's popping for next year. <laughs> By the way, that's a joke. That a joke. Out. Anybody is thinking that he is just kidding. Everyone this is not recruiting kids out of the state. So, well, cool, hey, man. next year will be a girl's first year. Because it's an even year. It's an even year. It's odd. Boys are odd. Boys go first in the odd years. Yeah, they are. And that's uh, a way to remember it. Yep. And we will talk about that being dudes later on, but you'll hear that the next day. Although maybe when you're listening to this as a podcast, you you might be right. You can just keep going. That's the great thing about this medium. You can pause it and you can walk away and come you back. Know, minute and a half here, but you remember when we were kids? And like, yeah. if you wanted to watch a TV show, you had to like be there to tune on the TV at yeah. eight 30 on Thursday to watch the new, whatever. That's wild. Here's that when, when you and I, yes, you had to, but also when we were kids, you could have a VCR record what you want to watch. So you'd have to be there, but the TV was, was, uh, uh, you, you, ha- you couldn't watch anything else on the TV. Like it, you, you just had yeah. to have it set up and ready uh, and and then if somebody else changes the channel for long, if it's a sporting event that goes long or something, it cuts in. Yep. That, uh, man, so many Pacers games times. we would watch later that would cut off. My grandparents, this is a real miscellaneous minute. We got about 30 seconds. My grandparents had one of those VCRs and they would tape a ton of stuff and then watch it later. And they had one that would somehow could sense when it was a commercial because commercials are louder and it would fast forward, automatically fast forward through the commercials. That's yeah. Fancy. Anyways. Hey, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you.
always go I'll be fine once I get it I'll be good I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them.